I, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Have you ever been a jerk to someone? Answer internally. No, answer internally. Okay, I already heard, I heard somebody say, yeah. Have you ever... Have you ever been a jerk to someone? You, you know you have, right? You remember that? There's, there was that one day where you were just a bear, you know? You had that one week, things were not going well, and you were just, you were a jerkaholic. And I mean, you knew you were just a terror. It was that one day where it's like you were, you were walking down the hallway, and your husband was like grabbing the kids, going, just don't look at her in the eyes, right? I mean, they're just like, come on, look out. And I mean, you've had those moments where you've, you've, just, you've been a bear to, to deal with, and you have not been the nicest person in the world. There's just been something there. You had a bad attitude because something happened at work or something happened in your life or you're dealing with family, and you have. You've had those times where you've been a jerk, and it, you're hard to deal with, and you've not been the best friend in the world, and, you know, it's just... You're kind of a burden on people's life, even a little bit, right? Uh, well, let me ask you a second question, right? Has someone shown you kindness in spite of your jerkiness? Yeah, oh yeah, right? That's what somebody said. I heard that, right? Has somebody ever shown you kindness in spite of your jerkiness? Like, you know, you were being a bear. You were being a, a jerk. You, you were being kind of a, you know, somebody who was just kind of pushing, wanting to push everybody's buttons because somebody had pushed your buttons. And so in the midst of that, the person who had to deal with you, they chose kindness. They chose mercy. They chose peace. And when they showed you that kindness, what did it do? It, it kind of made you feel small, didn't it? Because, I mean, let's be honest. When you're a jerk and you're in the middle of your jerkiness, you, you want people to fight with you because there's a small part of you that knows you deserve it. You, they know you're being a bear, and, and you know what you deserve. You know how people should treat you. They should kind of look at you like, what's your problem? It should kind of, you know, give you that weird stink eye. But instead, they choose kindness. They say, hey, um, I, I know you're having a hard day, but I want you to know I took care of that for you. Hey, I know, I know, you're, you know it's been a little bit difficult lately, and so I just want you to know that you know, I, I put the kids to bed and everything's all good. And you, know, you, you can just, if you, want, if you need some time, you can go ahead and take some time. Or that one person that said, hey, you know, I, know, I know there's a lot on you right now. You're feeling, kind of feeling a burden right now, and you're going through something. And I, 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 just, I just want you to know that if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. It's okay. I mean, when that happens, that happens. It, it makes you feel small. It makes, makes you recognize what you did. And it makes, makes you kind of rethink how you are at that time. Uh, one way to put it is this, is their decision of how to deal with you changes you, right? If you're just joining us, we're, we're in part three of our series called Baggage, we've been talking about when we go through experiences that are sometimes traumatic that create a BCAD in our life before crisis and after devastation. And when we go through those moments, the question always is, where do we go from here? What do I do now? Because there was this moment in time where I experienced something and there's this like split in me. Like there's this before crisis and after devastation and I just, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. I've experienced it. I've gone through it. Where do I go from here? Well, how do I move on from those kinds of experiences and events? And so the first question we asked is well, the question that Jesus asked. You have to start with this question. Do you want to get well? That's what Jesus asked a paralyzed man. Well, do you want to get well? 
And, and so for some of us, we're like, well, of course we do. But, and, and Jesus kind of took away the but. He said, no, it's not about other people. It's not, we're not going to give them that power. We're not going to empower them that way. Do you want to get well? Because you have to decide that. You have to decide that for yourself. Do you want to get well? And once, once you get, decide, make the decision to get well, you can get up and you can move on. And that's what we all want. We want to get up and we want to move on. Well, you have to start with the question, do you want to get well? And then last week we talked about forgiveness. And forgiveness, if you don't know, it's, forgiveness is essentially canceling somebody's debt, right? Because when somebody wrongs you, they, they take something from you and they owe you something. They owe you an apology. They owe you a conversation. They, they, they owe you why they did what they did. They owe you, a, you know, sometimes money, sometimes time. You know, you took my 20s from me. You took my first marriage from me. You, you, took, you took from me my peace of mind. You took my confidence from me. And they owe you something. And so forgiveness is canceling somebody's debt. And when we hear that, we think that we're letting somebody off the hook, right? I don't want to cancel their debt. That's letting them off the hook. But we talked about this. I put this in better words this week. I should have said this last week. But if we wanted to simplify it, it's their debt, but it ends up being your baggage, right? It's their debt, but it ends up being your baggage. And what that means is, though, even though they have a debt that they need to pay you, they very rarely do they ever intend to come and pay you back. And many times, they just can't. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't pay, pay you back. So even though it's their debt, it ends up being your baggage. So we, we have a, a choice. And I, I posted about this on social media this week, and the same choice that the king had in the parable that Jesus told. We can either choose compassion or frustration. You can either choose to show someone compassion and forgive them of their debt, or you can choose to be frustrated with them. And if you're frustrated, you will continue to talk about them, you will continue to play the movie over and over in your head, and you will never let it go, and you will never be able to move on from that event. So you can choose compassion or frustration. And Jesus, he told this parable to Peter when Peter asked about it, and he was kind of giving Peter a warning, and he's giving us a warning. God is asking us to forgive. But here's the thing, God is, God is asking you to forgive, not for their sake, but for yours, so that you can move on. Because when you hold debt over somebody else, it makes you a hypocrite. Because you've accepted that Jesus paid the debt for your sins. So you have to, to, to be able to forgive, to move on. But it's not for their sake. It's for yours. And we're going to talk about that today. So once we make the decision to get well, and then we forgive, what comes next? Well, the third thing is this. Peace. Then we can have peace. Peace. Now, some of you, again, like this whole series, you could look at any part of the series and go, this is a, a bit too simplistic. And I can understand that, right? Because when I say, well, then you can have peace, you kind of maybe would roll your eyes at that and like, it's not that simple, right? And many of us, when we think about that, we think about peace in the relationship. And sometimes that's possible. Sometimes, sometimes when it's not too bad of an offense, or sometimes when it's something simple to, to move on from, or something small, you know, maybe like a, a squabble between friends, or maybe even sometimes with family, it is possible to have peace in the relationship. But we all know, let's, let's be honest with each other, there are just some things that, I mean, we'll never have peace with. There are some people who hurt you, or who attacked you, caused pain in your life, that like, you'll, nor should you ever have a relationship with that person again, because some people are just toxic, right? 
But that doesn't mean that peace is still not possible. Our goal is to this. You, you can have peace about the relationship even without having peace in the relationship. Does that make sense? You can have peace about the relationship even without peace in the relationship. And what that means is although I may not be friends with them anymore, even though I may not trust them the same even anymore, maybe some people I'll never actually even talk to again or have you know, uh, communication with again. That's completely okay. Just because I may not be able to ever have peace in the relationship, I can still have peace about the relationship. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Paul, um, he, he wrote this, this letter to Romans, uh, to, to Christians in Rome, which Paul, we know, always wanted to get to Rome. Then Rome at that time, it was just, it, it was the, the mecca of influence, right? Like everything was going on in Rome. And so he writes this, this theologically packed letter. I mean, Romans is just this beautiful letter of just breaking down and helping us understand the old and the new covenant what Jesus did on the cross, what it means for us. And so he's, he's writing this beautiful letter to probably one of his biggest um, audiences in Rome, right? Like this was a letter that was going to get passed around to some very intelligent, very influential people. And it just becomes this, this awesome theologically packed letter. And, and, and he says this, and this is something you've heard me talk about before. He, he writes in Romans about chapter 12. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Now, usually whenever I teach this verse, I show you the end and then I reveal the beginning, right? So if we did that today, it would say, you know, live at peace with everyone. As Christians, we are to live at peace with everyone. And that everyone literally means everyone. People who are different than us people who look differently than us, people who are of a different culture, people who believe differently than us, we are to live at peace with everyone. Let me make this super clear. As Christians, if you claim to follow Christ, we are not against anyone. Do you understand that? Okay. We are not against anyone. We are for everyone because we recognize that everyone is a child of God. So Paul says we should live at peace with everyone. And he says, as far as it depends on you, meaning you have a responsibility. It is your responsibility to do everything you can do to live at peace with everyone. That burden is not on the other person. That burden is on you. That responsibility is on you. That is what Paul is telling you to do. But he also says, if it is possible, because Paul knows Paul knows, Paul's a practical guy, Paul knows it is not always possible, right? Because some people are toxic, because some people, they don't want peace. Some people, they want war, they want violence, they want things to be stirred up, they want tension. And sometimes we come into contact with those people and we just know it is not possible. It is not healthy for us to be in a relationship with somebody who is so toxic or who is so violent. So, it may not always be possible. He says, but it is something that we should strive for. It is something that we should want. Because Paul knows the alternative of peace. Because if we're not at peace with one another, where are we at? We're at war. And so, he says, the alternative, which I know you want, let me tell you, 
do not do. And that's what he says in the very next verse. He says, but do not take revenge, my dear friends. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with one another. Well, I can't. Okay, I understand that, but do not do revenge. Do not take revenge. Now, if I were in a small group with you, right, which, by the way, I have a small group, and they all hate me, okay? Don't ever be in a small group with your pastor because it's like having like a discussion with the principal, right? Nobody wants to be in a small group discussion with the principal, okay? But if we were in a small group with one another and I said, have you ever taken revenge? Have you ever had re taken revenge on somebody? You're all grown adults. You would say, absolutely not, right? Because when we think about revenge, we think about like if one kid smacks another kid, the other kid smacks him back, right? Like that's what we think of revenge. We think of like eye for an eye, right? And so if I was like, hey, have you ever been vengeful? You'd say, oh, please, pastor. <laughs> I've never been a person of revenge. I don't know where that voice came from, but that's just how Jason sounds in our small group. You know, no, I would never do such a thing. Please. <laughs> Revenge. Uh, <laughs> but let me ask you, let me ask you a little bit more practical question. Has somebody ever hurt you and then you've made sure everybody else has known about it? Yeah, okay, right. Has somebody ever hurt you and you just wanted to make sure everybody knew that this person is not trustworthy, this person is not a good friend, this, this family member has betrayed you, and you've made sure everybody and their mother has known about it? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that revenge, <laughs> right? Or maybe you've put them on blast on social media, or maybe you've put something out there for everybody to read. I mean, that's, that is revenge. And a lot of us have done that. I mean, I literally was in a conversation with somebody yesterday in, 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 outside of a context of this with some friends, and somebody started the conversation with, I'm not trying to gossip, but, and I'm going to go, if you have to start the sentence with, I'm not trying to gossip, that's your conscience telling you that you're about to gossip. Like, that's literally what you're doing, you know? But we do that. We do take revenge. But the other thing is this. Revenge, it's tricky. Revenge can be an external retaliation or an internal celebration. Sometimes revenge doesn't just come out. Sometimes it's going on in here, right? Like when you're like, oh, their kid did something wrong. <laughs> oh, so they got knocked off their pedestal and they're not perfect, huh? Well, oh, how the turntables have turned, right? Oh, man, oh, they got COVID? Oh, my goodness, that's so awful. Oh, oh, Miz got to go to the Super Bowl and the Bengals lost? Oh, man, too bad. Thank you, Jesus. That wasn't me. I'm telling a story of a friend of a friend. Yeah. Somebody from my small group, Miz. I'm just, he has a British accent. I'll just tell you that much. Right? But we do that. Guess what? That's revenge. That's vengeful. That's getting, that's revenge. It's, sometimes it's external, but other times it's internal. Sometimes it's, it's in your heart. Sometimes it's how you feel. 
And sometimes you celebrate people's misfortunes. That's revenge. And Paul warns us. He says, don't, oh goodness, don't do that. Don't put yourself in that danger. And then he goes on. He says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. And that's where some of you, you're like, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that, pastor. Let's talk about wrath. I like that word, wrath. Yeah, that's right. Leave room for God's wrath, right? I said this last week. I kind of alluded to this, and I told you I was going to talk about this week. I talked about how when forgiveness feels like letting people off the hook, it's, we're not, okay? Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, or ju- sorry, just because, sorry, no, you're good, you're good. I'm just... I'm just dyslexic, Dustin. It's not you, okay? Just because you forgive doesn't mean God forgets. Just because you forgive doesn't mean God forgets, okay? When, you, when they get to heaven, that person who hurt you, that person who wronged you, okay, they're not going to get up there and meet the bouncer at, at the gates, and they're going to go, oh, well, my, Kate let you off the hook, so I guess I got to let you off the hook too. It's not going to be like that. Just because you forgive doesn't mean God forgets. Now, I want to address something else because this is going to get really tricky here, okay? Some of us in this room, right, we hear that God's wrath and we're like, okay, so this is a great time to ask a question or to have a follow-up email, and I'll just go ahead and cut it before you send me the follow-up email. This is one of my things, Pastor, is like I'm trying to understand. We always talk about how God is love. God is mercy, God is forgiveness, God is grace. And then, yeah, like here's a New Testament verse that is talking about God's wrath, which to me sounds like God's going to get them, right? Somebody's going to get God, and it's going to be by God. And I have a real problem with that. I can't understand the two concepts of how God is love, yet it's clear there is going to be some wrath. Can you help me? Can you help me understand? Because I don't know how the two can coexist. And I want to make it really simple for you, okay? God's wrath is simply the consequence of sin. And it's not what we think or it's not what we make it out to be, okay? God's not going to get anybody, okay? God's wrath is simply the consequence of sin. And I've said this before, and I really do believe this the more and more that that I study and I learn and I'm in a relationship with God. I truly believe that when we get to judgment day and God judges us, God is going to look at God is going to look at us and he's going to say to some, he's going to say, you know, my kingdom is all about loving God and loving one another. And based on the way you've lived your life, you seem to hurt people. And you seem to have a hard time loving other people. And you didn't do much of loving me. And loving me is really about loving other people. And so, you know, I just don't think heaven is going to be the best fit for you. Because you had so many problems on earth, hurting people and being selfish and doing things your way and taking advantage of people. I think you'll probably enjoy the other place. I don't think that God's going to get anybody. I think that... God's wrath is the consequence of sin, and he's going to look at some people, and he's going to say, you, you don't love other people. You hurt other people. You take advantage of other people. You say hurtful things. You are a gossip. 
And this is why when the, even, even when Jesus talks about it, he goes, there's going to be a real narrow gate. There's not going to be many people who, who make it because there are some very self-righteous people who do a lot of Christianese things, but internally they take revenge on people. Externally, they are very vengeful people. And they may not cuss, drink, or chew, or date girls that do, but they are mean-spirited. And they don't belong in heaven. And many people who think they belong in heaven because they did the right churchy things, I think will actually be turned away as a consequence of their sin because they didn't love people very well. Because they were very selfish people. So wrap your mind around that a little bit. That it's not about being a good person or an evil person. It's not about being a churchy person or a non-churchy person. It's about what Jesus said was the kingdom of God and what the covenant was to love God and to love others and to put others first and to put yourself last in line and to wash people's feet. That, that is what is the qualifications to be a citizen of God's kingdom. And so God's wrath is simply the consequence of sin. And so what Paul is trying to help us understand is that when somebody wrongs us and we are vengeful, well, what we do is we put ourselves in danger of sin. And what God is trying to tell us and what Paul is trying to let us know is that we need to leave room for God's wrath, meaning when it comes to the consequences of people's sin, we need to let God handle it. Let me put it in real easy, simple terms that I think will help you understand. How, you raise your hand physically, okay? How many of you are a sibling? Okay, how many of you have brothers and sisters? Okay, a lot of you. Okay, put your hands down. How many have more, more than one kids? Okay, so pretty much everybody's going to understand this, okay? So I have a seven-year-old daughter. She's almost eight, and a five-year-old son, okay? So one will hurt the other, okay? So Braden will hurt Olivia or vice versa, and I will hear it or I will see it, all right? So Braden gets Olivia, and what does Olivia want to do? She wants to get him back right? And they know so well how to get at each other, right? They know how to hurt one another. We know how to hurt one another. And so Braden will tag Olivia, and Olivia wants to tag him back, and I'll see it coming. And so what I do is, is I step in, and what I tell Olivia is, let dad handle it, right? Have you been there before? You ever had a family member, or have you ever as a parent had to step in and go, hey, 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 I see where this is going, I know you're about to devour each other, right? And this is going to be a royal rumble. Let dad handle it. Because I tell this to Olivia all the time. Look, I will make sure there's a consequence. And I always tell Olivia too, by the way, my consequences are much more creative than yours, okay? So let dad handle it. Because here's the thing. If you try to give him consequences, I will have to give you consequences. Does that make sense? If you hurt your brother... There will be consequences for you, too. So you're putting yourself in the same danger that he is already in. And our Father God is looking down at us, and he's told us to love one another, to be at peace with each other, to do if everything possible to do that. And he sees people who wrongs us. Trust me, nobody's getting off scot-free. No, nobody is getting a mulligan here, okay? And God's like, you know what? I will handle that. Trust me, at the end of this life... It will be handled. There will be consequences for that person's sin. And every sin will be answered for. But look, if you 
if you give out your own brand of justice, you are putting yourself in danger as well. Because believe it or not, do you know when your kid hurts the other kid, do you love that kid less, right? If, if child one hits child two, do you go, oh my goodness, child one, I hate you. Away with you, right? Come here, child two. No, you don't do that. If you do, we need to talk, okay? But no, you don't do that. You still love them both. And that's the thing is if somebody hurts you and you try to hurt them back, the reality is, is God does love the person who hurt you. He does. And God wants redemption and salvation for them as well. So God goes, look, you're all both my kids. There's no hero and villain here. You are all my children. And if you give out your own brand of justice, you're not giving out justice. God's wrath is just, but our wrath is just evil. Does that make sense? God's wrath is just. His is a consequence of sin. But our wrath, it is just evil. And then there are consequences for both of us. So Paul warns us and he goes, don't do that. Then he gives us an alternative. He says, on the contrary. See, so he says, so I know what you want to do. I know what comes natural to you. I know what everybody else is doing. I know what's socially accepted and culturally accepted by everybody else. But on the contrary, let me give you a second option. And he says this. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Wow. Okay. Let's put it in easy terms to remember. When someone is hostile towards you, show them kindness. When somebody is hostile, when somebody is a jerk, when somebody is an enemy, do what? What do I do? Show them kindness. And Paul says, as a result, this is what will happen. Paul says, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, again, internally, if you, this is why you need a pastor, because if you're reading this at home, you're going, oh, I love that. <laughs> They're going to be hot coals, right? <laughs> like, we're going to burn a hole in his head. That's what we're talking about? Man, I've got an ex that I would love to put hot coals on. You know what I mean? Heaps some burning coals. Yeah, I like that. I love the Bible. This is my favorite verse. I'm going to get this tattooed on my, my forehead next week. Heap burning coals on his body. I like that. I like that. But you got to understand what this actually means, okay? So historically speaking, in this context, what people would do is that this was a process of repentance. When somebody would hurt somebody and they wanted to show remorse, what they would do is they would take hot coals and they would rub them on their head and then they would purposely walk around in public telling people, and it was basically a sign that communicated to people that I've done wrong to somebody, I've hurt somebody, I've recognized what I've done, and I am remorseful for it. I am sorry for it. I, I recognize that that is not what I should have done. So it's actually not a form of, of hurting anyone or torturing anybody. I know that upsets many of you. It's not. It's, it's actually a process of repentance. And taking it back to the very question that we just talked about, 
When you're a jerk to somebody else, when you're hostile with somebody else, and they show you kindness, they respond with kindness to you, what does it do? It makes you feel small. It makes you feel remorseful. It makes you understand that what you've done is wrong. And Paul says, when we have somebody who's hurt us and we show them kindness, if it is possible, when we show them kindness, what we do is we kind of lead them to a place where they are remorseful. We lead them to a place where it makes them understand what they've done. And we give them something that they don't deserve. And by our decision of how to deal with them, what happens is we change them. You understand? And, and this is exactly what Paul talked about at the very beginning of this letter in chapter 2. This is exactly what Paul talks about, what, what Jesus has done for us. He says this in Romans 2. He says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, of Jesus' kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to what? To lead you to repentance. See, God did try it a lot of different ways to get our attention. <laughs> None of it worked. And so what God did is he, he chose kindness. He chose kindness as a way to make peace with us. And he says, Paul says, that's, that's what God did for you. It's what Jesus was accomplishing on the cross, was showing you kindness in the midst of your hostility. And it, the reason for that was to lead you to repentance. And Paul says, and guess what? Not only did God do that with you, but you can do that with one another. Instead of taking revenge, do everything as far as it depends on you to be at peace with other people. And when your enemy is hostile towards you, show them kindness. And in this way, it opens up an opportunity for them to be led to repentance. And then he, he caps it off with this this beautiful statement, such a good verse, so well written, that just kind of brings it all together. He says, so do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You have two options here. You can either be overcome by evil, and you can become no different than the person who hurt you, or you can choose to overcome evil with good. And here's what happens. When you're the bigger person, you make evil feel small. So here's what I want from, for you. I want you to be able to take this baggage that you've been carrying around. And I want you to be free of it. I want you to be able to travel light. I want you to be able to put, put it down. I want you to be able to move on from it. Do you want to get well? Do you want to move on from this? Do you want to let it go? Do you want peace in your relationships? And if you can't have peace in the relationships, don't you want peace about the relationship? Okay, then. Then forgive. Forgive, and then as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Now, there's one more part of this we still need to answer, though. 
pastor. And I literally got texted this this week, and I knew it was coming. And this is what we're going to talk about next week. But pastor, what if the person I'm upset with isn't a person on this earth, but what if it's God? What if God owes me a debt? What if God is the person I am not at peace with? Well, that is what we're going to answer next week. And I want you to join us next week for part four of the series. But in the meantime, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and we're going to sing a brand new song that just came out recently called Same God. And what I want you to recognize in this song and kind of the theme of this song is that God has always been the same. The, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Peter, the God of Paul. God has always wanted a relationship with you. God has always wanted peace with you. But God has also wanted you to have peace with others. And we all go through our baggage. We all go through our trials. We all have times where we've been hurt. But God is still the same. And the same God who did get people like Daniel through what Daniel went through. Paul, what Paul went through, the thorn in his side. Peter, even Jesus. It's the same God that we have available to us today. The things that are, we're going through in our world, the things we're seeing, pandemics and now things going on over in Europe, there's a lot going on. And a lot of times you go through this stuff and we're like, man, where, where do we go? God is still the same. Still the same God. And so we need to call on his name. We need to call on God. We need to surrender ourselves in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our burdens, in the midst of our baggage. We've got we've to surrender ourselves to God. And God, as he has done for thousands of years, will see us through may not be easy, it may be hard, but God will always see us through because God loves us and God is there for us. So this morning as we close service, I want to pray for you and then we're going to sing this song in closing. So will you stand with me this morning? Will you stand with me and, and bow your heads? Father God, I pray for every single person in this room and watching online and, and listening. Father God, would you lead us to peace? Would you lead us to peace in our relationships? Would you lead us to peace about the experiences we've had that have been painful? God, I've got my own Goliaths in my life. My own giants that I'm facing. God, I know you're still the same God, and I can trust you in the same way that so many before me have trusted you. So God, this morning, I just surrender to your way. All of this seems so contrary to how I've lived my past, how I've lived my life, how I've dealt with my relationships before. But God, I, I, I hear you. I understand what you're calling me to do, and I want to live a life of kindness. I want to live a life of peace and grace and mercy and love because I really do believe that you are a God of love. I believe that you are a God who's in control and who's bigger than all this stuff that's going on in my world. And I believe that you will have the final say. 
that you will fairly be just and and give people the consequences that they deserve. And so I'm going to let you be dad. I'm going to let you handle it. And I'm going to do what I'm called to do, which is to live at peace and to be a child of God. God, will you help me to live that out this week? Would you help me to do that? In your name we pray. Amen.